So anyway, that's why they call me Mr. Lover Lover. Or was it Mr. Lover Lover? In my in my mind now, the song goes Mr. Lover Lover instead of Mr. Lover Lover. Semi fantastic, Mr. Bombastic. I know that's not the lyrics. It can't be. Romantic, semi fantastic. Let me on my body, call me Mr. Lover Lover. There we I, go. I, I don't know they... what any of the words to that song actually are. I just know the general like cadence of how I need to make my mouth sound to kind of sound <laughs> like I know the song. Okay. I'm not gonna. A bit like that. As fun as that song is to do, I I don't want to do it in the voice. <laughs> I'm sc- yeah. I'm scared to yeah. do Mr. Lover Lover, <laughs> which is why Mr. Lover Lover. It. So it is Lover, right? I think it's Lover Lover. It's Mr. Lover Lover, yeah. Mr. Lover Lover. It could be Mr. Blubber Blubber. Mr. Blubber, that's me. I mean, you never Um, really knew what Shaggy was saying when he was saying things. I mean, like. You sometimes get the impression Shaggy doesn't know what Shaggy is saying. Oh, Carolina Uh, is a girl. She's something, something, blah. The only thing I'm confident that Shaggy knows, knows and that we know is that it wasn't him. Yeah. That's, that, that's the one thing we can all agree on. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't Shaggy. That's always been his consistent brand message. And if anything, uh, I think this is what this podcast has always been about: is to finally put it to rest once and for all that it was not Shaggy. Yeah. It was. Uh, so it was in fact I, Scooby. I'm glad that we're coming to the bottom of all these musical mysteries because a few weeks ago we realised I let the dogs out. Now we yeah. know that it was Shaggy that did it, not not. Uh, it was Scooby that did it, not Shaggy. Mm-hmm. Now we we also know tattoo aren't gay. Yeah. It, in fact, yeah, quite the but, opposite. But but, but mm, yeah. They'll dirty, always be gay in my heart. <laughs> dirty homophobes doing a dirty homophobic. Um, what but... if you're? Ho- I, I, I'm still hung up on that. If you're homophobes, why do you make a video about two women running away together in a pickup truck? Um, Money and nothing's going to stop them now that they the love ching each ching. other. What? Yeah, what, for what, the ching ching for the payday. Dollar eye blinking. Yes, as your as your I, Landy would say. I can see that being a thing now. Being like, okay, it's let's cash in on on that. In the 90s, was there really that much money to be made by going like, yes, we'll be pro I mean, considering how popular the video was, I would say yes. Um, Yeah. And it wasn't so much pro-lesbians. I mean, it was a fucking sexy video. It was was like, oh, come look at these people being sex. Like, it was a sex sell situation. (laughs) Yeah, pretty And And the controversy angle as well, you know. (gasps) In that music, they're doing a gay. That music video's doing a gay. Doing a gay. So yeah, um, as as confirmed by their actual beliefs, unfortunately, tattoo. Uh, very very um, very very cynical. Not a gay. The dollar very cynical. eye was blinking. And this that, exactly. that is a real shame to talk about today because we're recording this on Valentine's Day, and it's very sad that 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 no everyone should be in love. The day of All love. of the love everywhere. The day or lustmas day, as Penny Underbust calls it. Penny Underbust is a. Uh, cosplay and modeler who's done a, a series of Jim Sterling um, shoots dressed up in my I've never been so turned on by myself um, uh, don't pen- lie Penny- <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, true sometimes after I write a Jim Quisition script that's really good I'm like god I fuck yeah. me Penny Penny is lovely Penny follows me on Twitter as well Penny's, Penny's just lovely yeah. go follow Penny, Penny on Bust. Twitter but yeah. She has a Patreon too if you uh, want to see more of her photo set, which I don't not recommend. <laughs> that was an old way of saying it. Highly recommend it. <laughs> so we're here, we're, we're on, the, on, yes. on the day of the Valentines. We've got some video games to talk about. Which ones do we want to start with today? Hmm. I, I well. know that there's one that Jim <laughs> is itching to talk about. Because uh, I left a bit be, like to Tommy Wiseau. Then you've left. You've let a little. It's no secret that you've been letting off a little bit of steam in the run up <laughs> to this. Yeah, I've been. Uh, you know, sometimes you know, critics will cheekily do it. Uh, Aliens, Colonial Marines was a big uh, case of that, where reviewers just started like just before, like the day before embargo broke, because it was I think it was a launch day embargo, so people were like. Look, I'm not saying anything about uh, Aliens Colonial Marines, but I'd read some reviews first. Um, uh, th- words to that effect, I, you know, I, uh, I probably wouldn't pre-order this. That was yours. 
I mean, considering the day before embargo in the Jimquisition, I said, even Dynasty Warriors is shit now, but I can't say that until tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've kind of pushed the bounds of cheekiness. Um, I still respected the embargo, but but I had to... You did kind of say that it give you your uh, opinion on the final game before the embargo. I'll admit, I'll admit, I more than pushed possibly crossed. Uh, I don't expect I'll be hearing from Tecmo Curry ever again. Um, or maybe I will. Maybe they will just be like, fair, fair enough. Um, but who knows? I mean, I stand by what I said about Dynasty Warriors 9. Um, I certainly got most of it off my chest uh, yesterday at the time of recording because review embargo was up and I'd recorded the Jim Pressions video the day before and just had it ready to go. But once I'd finished that, I, I said to Alex, I said, I feel like I've just come for an hour. Like, it was just... The, the anger and disappointment at that game was so built up after playing it for, like... I can't remember when I got the code now. It must have been, like, a week or so. I, they sent like, out code, like, pretty early for that. Early? I mean, especially for a Tecmo Cubby game. Uh, I don't recall ever getting code that early for a game. Yeah. They must have somehow been proud of it. Um, I don't know how, but I've had some people, like, obviously my thoughts on Dynasty Warriors 9 now are pretty well known. Uh, the Jim, uh, Jim Pressions video, I mean, it's titled The Worst Dynasty Warriors Game Ever Made, uh, which if you follow it the way YouTube follows through recommendations, you'll then uh, get a What Culture video calling it the best Dynasty Warriors game ever made, uh, opinions. <laughs> um a lot of people do seem to just think that because it's an, got an, a quote-unquote open world now, that it's now somehow ambitious. But I don't think there's any ambition in following a trend years after it's already been a trend yeah. and doing such a quarter-ass job of so- it. The, there's no... Like, there are no graphical improvements. I'm not a big graphics guy. I'm an art design over graphics guy. But then there's no real art design either. Uh, People Mm. have said the game looks like a stock asset, like an asset flip. And honestly, like, especially when I'm doing the quote-unquote hunting in the game, it really does look like Life of Black Tiger sometimes. So, like, here's... Here's my thing. I've I, I've played I've played a fair amount of nine now, and I've not put a review or anything up yet. But like, here's here's my big problem with it. Um, as much as I love a good Dynasty Warriors game every now and then, I will acknowledge that there are some formulaic aspects that you just have to be in the right mood for. Like, if you go and play a Dynasty Warriors before this, it's go into an enclosed area, go liberate the camps slam down all the cannon fodder until the doors open, fight the big final boss, and you're done. That's kind of the formula, and that's fine. In in their... As best I can tell, in their attempt to try and move past that formula, they've not done a good job. Because... No, not, not in the least. This, this open-world format that they've done isn't really an open world it's yeah it's a big empty field with a bunch of dynasty warriors uh maps littered around it yeah but- like i described it as basically you take an average dynasty warriors map and you've just stretched it just mm. stretched it so fucking thin. yeah like like too much butter on no like butter on too much toast (laughs) yeah no i actually i used that analogy uh words to that effect in the video i said it's like they took uh like the butter is uh the the gameplay is butter and they've spread it over the biggest widest blandest piece of toast they could find it's um it's just a giant flat mostly flat map save for some bethesda style mountains and the thing Um, that's like really like the, that's worst about it is because you're not starting inside these enclosed like challenge areas the way that you used to you can approach these sort of like square challenge arenas from any angle you can basically just go sneak up like what's the closest wall that i need to go to in order to get to the big boss yeah everyone's grapple, got a grappling yeah, hook grapple now. over that wall into the thing grapple over some walls fight the like I, I don't really find a purpose anymore to, like, trying to liberate the individual bits of camp or trying to, like, mm-hmm. fight down the the waves of enemies on the way. I just drop... Trying to make sure yeah. that your headquarters is protected. Exactly. Just, you don't have to worry about no, that. You just grapple straight to the centre, go fight the big bad, and grapple your way back out. Yeah. Like, the, 
basically, this is how the game is played. You either ride on a horse for a very long time to get to a flat, small skirmish where the target you've got to kill is heavily signposted. Go over to that person, kill them. Watch an entire army run away for a few seconds before just disappearing. Not even fading, just disappearing in the blink of an eye. Um, or you fast travel there mm-hmm. where you're dropped right in front of the person you've got to kill. Kill them <laughs> and watch the army run away. Or you fast travel to the nearest points to the person and then still ride on the horse for a really long time. It sounds, and it I've sounds had... riveting. Oh, it's it, it's wonderful. Also, like, um, by... There are big scale sieges, but they don't matter because every character's got a grappling hook. So you just yeah. grapple over the wall and... and then just go over to the heavily signposted guy and kill them. And on top of this, like... Putting it in, o- in an open world should make it feel larger in scope. That's the intention of putting something in mm-hmm. one big open world. It doesn't. Because when, no. you, when you previously did these like enclosed encounters in Dynasty Warriors games, that encounter was the whole place that you were. That was your whole world. And outside of those walls, who knows what's going on, but I'm here and I'm doing this. And you just focused on that area. As soon as you put that area in a huge open empty field, you're like, oh, it's... I can see it from a distance. It's actually quite tiny in comparison to the empty yeah, it world. It makes every fight feel small. Yeah. Like someone was pointing out on my video. Um, I started out the video um, with Changban Bridge, uh, the Battle of Changban in an ordinary Dynasty Warriors game. Um, when Zhang Fei is on the bridge defending it, that would be part of a bigger fight. Mm. And you'd fight past him and maybe, you know, get a bonus um, to the objective or whatever, uh, or some reward for it, and you'd move on. Um, you'd be encouraged to do that. Here, the Changban fight, like the actual bridge part of the Changban battle, is like far away from everything else. Like every battle is really disparate and far away from each other. So nothing feels like it's a connected, cohesive big mm. battle. Um, and people are pointing out, like, where is Zhang Fei holding off thousands of Wei soldiers? They're not, it's just Zhang Fei yeah, hanging out, it's... waiting for hey, you to come hey, and kill hey, him. Hey, in the spirit of Valentine's, <laughs> what you're saying is roses are red, the bosses feel small. This warrior game sucks, but so do they all. Oh, oh you uh. cheeky bastards. Actually, I do want to address that because some people were saying uh, that my criticisms were true of all of the games. Was, oh, well, oh, you could always mm-hmm. run up to the boss and, and kill him, and that's that. That's true to a point. Uh, the main difference is that in an intricately crafted map with its own corridors and different routes and bases and gates... Uh, that you couldn't just grapple over. Um, you felt at least encouraged. Mm. Uh, you'd start like at your allied camp, and the enemy camp would be at the other end of the map, and you felt like you were fighting your way toward well, them. The- enemy officers would come and attack you, and you'd fight them off. Yeah, again, the big difference is the grapple, because in previous games where you didn't have the grapple, you had to rely on there are big doors. In order to open that door, you're going to need to defeat an enemy and get a key or whatever. And that mm-hmm. forced you to be like, no, I need to explore this area. I need to, I'm going to have to go back and forth. So I'm going to be here a while. So I'd better maintain my base and maintain my strongholds. And like you, yeah. you actually had to follow that... like the pacing of the map. You couldn't even totally on maps that didn't it. do that. Yeah. Even on maps that didn't do that. You still felt encouraged to be fighting your way through mm. uh, because, you know, a there'd be rewards for it. Um, you know, you'd up your defense and strength and everything. Um, and you'd feel encouraged to do that because there was a, there was actual map design that would yes. encourage you to like get off the horse and fight. Um, you know, a boss would stand in your way and he'd be like, I want to fight that general. Whereas here, and it's not helped by the fact that I think the combat system is dreadful now. Um, you're encouraged to do nothing but get it over with as quickly as possible. And I've had people be like, oh, well, it's your fault for using the grappling hook so much. And I'm sorry, but I'm not in the habit of not using the tools the game gives and encourages me to use. Yeah, it's... That's nonsense. The thing is, is the game clearly feels built around the expectation you'll use the grappling hook. Like, the game isn't telling you you should yeah, avoid every this. Time you go so near what you're actually yeah. saying is... Roses are red. This series is cursed. They were always shite, but now they're worse. 
If you want to say that, Gavin, yes. Um, look, I speak as a Dynasty Warriors fan, of course, an unapologetic one. I know the series gets shit. Um, but I'm not having little fuckspuds coming into my comment sections telling me how to play a Dynasty Warriors game. Don't come at me with that you're playing the game wrong patter. Don't, don't come to Jim fucking Sterling's son and tell him he's doing it wrong. Oh, you should have played it on hard mode. What? That doesn't make a blind bit of fucking difference. I played this game how I play every Dynasty Warriors game. I start on normal, and then I get better weapons. Then I crank it up to hard. And then if that starts getting easy, I crank it up to uh, chaos. Uh, I decided, because I was so sick of the fucking game, that even when I got an upgraded weapon, I was like, you know what, I'm fucking done. I've seen what they've done to Zhang He now. Um, that's another thing, the homogenization of all the fucking characters. It's not, it's not cloning even. They've all got different attack animations with their weapons, but that doesn't change the fact that most of them are still holding the same fucking weapons. Everyone who had a unique, exotic, interesting weapon got fucked, and that was all taken out. Um, all of these problems, none of that's fixed in hard mode, and I proved the point by playing hard mode a fair bit last night, and it was exactly the same. The only difference, I'll grant you, is that it just made uh, enemies slightly more fucking annoying to fight because they were spamming attacks now. And that, funnily enough, didn't make the game more fun. Uh. But I was still, nonetheless, grappling over the fucking walls and doing away with them. And I'm sorry, folks. It shouldn't be up to me to change difficulty levels, to restrict myself from using in-game items, to make the game more fun. Instead of telling me how to... Uh, change things, how to change modes, how to not use items and things. Instead of telling me how to play the game uh, in a way that would make it quote-unquote more fun, how about a Megaforce just make the game fucking fun to start with, rather than relying on the end user finishing the game design by, you know, enforcing these limitations upon themselves. Uh, repetitive side quests... There's another one. There's only so many times I can walk up to someone and have defeat the betraying unit. There's only so many times I can be told that strong enemy tiger is coming. Look out. Uh, ping a few uh, fucking arrows at him for 10 minutes until he falls over and then be told that the strong enemy's gone away. Congratulations, <laughs> you've defeated the strong tiger. Uh, I can only for so long see what they did to Zhang He with his fucking using a different character's throwing knives instead of his fucking claws and what's a, a Koei's excuse for that? Oh he wanted it to be more realistic oh I'm sure the guy fighting with a feather fucking fan and summoning lightning is the height of realism they were doing that all the time in ancient fucking China weren't they? You fucking bastards That's, that's what people were hoping for at the start of this I think, I think people who's listening were like Oh, Jim's Jim's being very calm about Dynasty Warriors, and then there's just this beautiful ramp up. Oh, of, ah, there more. we go. So, so they're finally, I think I have got your thing summed up, Jim. Roses are red. They fucked up the brawls. The right way to play it is don't play at all. <gasps> nice. Oh, that one. That's that the winner, Gab. That's the winner. <laughs> uh, but uh, let me just say, right, more is coming on this because. Just to prove a point, I recorded plenty of me playing the game in hard mode. I even, um, you look at my Twitter, I tweeted a little 50-minute clip last night of a tiger with its head stuck halfway through a mountain while I was shooting it in its anus. Um, and someone on in the comments was like, oh, well done, you found a bug to prove, and you're using it to prove that hard mode is... No, no, that's hunting! Have you not seen all of the footage I've shown of the hunting? That's what's getting me about the people who are defending this game. I could have uploaded yesterday's video without commentary. The footage speaks for its fucking self. It looks terrible. It plays dreadfully. And there are some people who are like, well, you should embrace change. You shouldn't have the game stagnant, right? I agree with that to a point. There are things in Dynasty Warriors that should be improved and should have been improved a long time ago. It's a janky series. The spin-offs are basically asset flips. And I have forgiven a lot. And Dynasty Warriors 9 was like the last chance saloon, friend. Um, Monday is coming. They're, Dynasty Warriors is getting a full-on fucking Jimquisition. No fucking worries. Um, 
later today or tomorrow, depending on how I feel, uh, we're going to have uh, another Jim Pressions of Dynasty Warriors, this time on hard mode, just to prove a point. I've. It turns out that I can rag on Dynasty Warriors 9 all day fucking long. So don't you worry, there's plenty more where this is coming from. Tell me how to play the fucking so, game. I'm a Dynasty Warriors fucking veteran here, Sunshine. My my thoughts on the game are a lot more succinct, I think, just because like I I'm not I'm definitely not as high up on the Dynasty Warriors love train as you, Jim, but I I enjoy them when I do. Um I think the biggest issues for me were just when you were in isolated missions before in a Dynasty Warriors, because you couldn't see outside the boundary walls of that mission you at least had the sense that this was a smaller skirmish inside a larger war. You had some degree of imagination that, oh, on the other side of this wall I can't pass, this is also going on in the rest of this city or whatever, or that sort of thing. It, there was a an implicit sense of scale that's gone when you can see there's just an empty field on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the thing with yeah. a, a lot of uh, linear games, isn't it? Yeah, it in just... games like Call of Duty and Gears of War, it's much easier to make a war scene. Well, that's feel one of the problems with. Yeah. It's one of the problems with this fucking open world obsession. Is it really can make a world feel much smaller than it is? Yeah. It it. I did a vi- yeah. I did a video about you, that. You like linearity. S- Sorry. Yeah. No, uh, no, go on. I'll take over. No, 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 no. I mean, you're 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 making the point much better than me because I'm choking on my own fucking rage today. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. I, my point was literally just like it, it's about context, and when you're when you have something that is linear, there is implied scope outside of it, and just plumping something thoughtlessly into an open world doesn't always yeah. help because sometimes it takes away that implied scope, and you go, "Oh, this is just a box in a field that I'm fighting in." Yeah. Uh, on top yeah. of that, like the the only other thing that really stood out to me was. Some of these environments, if the grapple wasn't there, would still feel like relatively well-designed Dynasty Warriors encounters. But the problem is, and Jim, you brought this up, every time you go anywhere near a wall, it's prompting you to grapple it. And that's the thing, is it's not the fact that I have the grapple. Sure, I could listen to people who say, don't use the grapple if, if that ruins the flow of the encounter for you. But it, it's kind of like with Jim where, uh, with Monster Hunter the other week, where you kept thinking you were supposed to put your weapon away for things because it was popping up oh, that yeah, prompt. Oh, because the prompt comes yeah, up. Yeah, it's, if a prompt continuously comes up while you're doing things, your brain goes, oh, I'm supposed to do that. That's what the game wants me to do. That's the correct thing to do right now. Yeah. And you'll Doubly do so it. Even in if a game... Yeah. Doubly so in a game where combat insists on using prompts, yes. which the new combat system of Dynasty Warriors... Like, like honestly, using uh, an Arkham Asylum-style counter system, which they've tried to do, would be amazing in Dynasty Warriors. If you had like the old-style hack-and-slash uh, system that they already had, but had uh, a counter button, and they added counters and made the peons more a little bit more aggressive. I mean, basically, you know, just start... Uh, ripping off a shadow of like you know they're not ashamed to rip everything else off uh rip off like shadow of war combat but it just feels like that's too complex for them so we've got this horrible flow combat system which can fuck itself in the eye with a rusty spoon (laughs) because it's made every single character no matter what weapon they're holding feel like the same fucking character if if your combat system in your game is encouraging players to hit button prompts the second they come up to trigger big flashy over-the-top attacks, which are usually your reward for fighting, like, smaller enemies. Like, that's what you're waiting for, is your, ooh, I get to do the big cool thing. And very similarly have, like, ooh, you've got to respond to prompts. Also, one of these prompts will take you over a wall and just kind of take you away from the combat entirely and trivialise the dungeon. Y- yeah. Your brain it doesn't help wants that sometimes. It also doesn't help that sometimes enemies just, like, you're fighting them on the ground and suddenly they might be up on the top of the wall... Or they'll be up on the top of the wall and suddenly they'll be down on the ground and you won't know how they fucking got there. I've had that happen a couple of times. I mean, the glitches are up the fucking charts. To say nothing of just the sheer laziness. Like, so much of the quote-unquote open world... It's not an open world. It really fucking isn't. But so much of it feels like copy and pasted assets everywhere. Um, Nothing's unique. It's all grey and washed out. It's just vast... 
planes of nothing. In previous games, I felt an urge to go to fit. I finish one mission and go, "Ooh, yeah, I could go for more of that," and I'll jump on the next mission. I don't have that same drive in this Mm-mm. because of the huge gaps Mm-mm. between encounters. I couldn't stop playing quick enough, uh, especially when I saw what they did to Zhang He. Uh, I could not stop playing quick enough. Um, you know, I, w- I went back with uh, uh, Wang Yi uh, to who had her, you know, awesome psi weapons taken away. She's got hoops now, like Sun Chang Jiang, because why the hell have anyone with uh, unique weapons, um, or at least you know the ones who are really cool and were really liked by fans? Uh, let's take away their unique weapons. Not again, not that it matters because everyone's got a launch attack, a stun attack, a down attack, and a special attack. They all behave the same fucking way. Um, I, I see. I'm just. There are so many things wrong with this game. I get lost. I was talking about, yeah, the sheer fucking laziness of this so-called open world. Um, Aside from the fact that it just looks like they copy-pasted all the trees and that it really, honestly, no hyperbole, parts of this game look no better than a Dynasty Warriors game on the PlayStation 3, perhaps the PS2. And I'm normally against hyperbolic statements like that, but this looks like arse. This really does look oh, like it does not belong on a it, like it on really does. System. I mean, I was looking at your video and I, it looked like a, a, a cheap Steam like mm-hmm. green light game. And you know, just even simple things like the weather effects that just go on and off like that. You know, the rain stops, everything is suddenly dry. Um, you are on horseback and get into the river, even though your character hasn't touched the water. They go from dry to soaking wet in an instant. <laughs> dry to just soaking wet in an instant. So, Kat. It's unbelievable to say nothing of the repetitive, repetitive fucking tasks and quests. But, Gavin, can we be expecting your thoughts on this next week after you've given it a good long try? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, as you know, I've been looking forward to this for years. Can people look forward to your Dynasty Warriors 9 songs soon? <laughs> Oh yes, definitely. Please, please, got... please request that song at me all, all week. I've got, I've got claws in Warframe. They look just like Zhang has. Is I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be playing that. I still haven't got to Dynasty the Warriors. Fucking now. story in that game. I still haven't. Like, I haven't had as much time as I wanted to because Dynasty Warriors obviously took up some time because yeah. I wanted to get that out of the way. Um, so I've not had much time to get back into it. I think, where am I right now? Jupiter? Saturn? I can't remember, but I'm still far away from this second yeah, dream on... everyone's telling me to get to. And I keep getting sidetracked with other yeah, missions and things. I think I'm on... What's the one after Phobos? Uh, fuck knows, can't remember. Mars? I don't know. Ah. No, Mars was before Phobos. No, it's I, the can, one after I can never Phobos remember somewhere. the... I, I have I can never remember the order. I have some exciting news that I didn't put on the topic list. <gasps> I've I've started playing Warframe. <laughs> Yay! I've, I've only put like an hour or so in so far, but the first thing I can say about this already is Oh my goodness, this feels really good to like just moving around in this game feels fantastic. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much pretty nearly finished it at this point. <laughs> uh yeah, it's 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 very I, I feel like I it's very, 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 very good moving around in this game. And yeah. oh my goodness, yes, you were both right. This is going to absolutely consume me in terms of cosmetics. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta be careful yeah. of that, but... I've been, like, carefully... Like, I finally found the Warframe for me. Hmm. I, I picked Nyx. Um, and I think I said last week, but I can't... I cannot keep repeating it enough. I used the in in player trading system, which I was nervous about because I don't like talking to strangers on in games. But I someone was selling a Nyx Prime for uh, I can't remember exactly how much platinum. But I used the in-game player trading system. I can't remember how much platinum, but it was definitely cheaper than like a skin EA would sell in Dead Space. And that's a playable character. I got a playable character, Nyx Prime. For less than the cost of a skin. And I know I've said that several times. I've said that in videos. I'm going to keep saying it. Because I just can't get over how much value that is. And um, I think like, I've got was, like a 50% this person coupon like, to spend. You know, is, is, was this some kind of like selling CDs in Tesco at a loss leader thing? Was this person like trying <laughs> to get people into their shop or what? Uh, no, there's a, uh, there's a whole in-game player trading system. Hmm. Um where you go to the market and there's a whole bunch of other players with their hands held up. 
and you walk up to them and it'll show you what they've got to sell and you, have, you can initiate a conversation with them to see if they want items or if they want platinum <laughs> uh, which is the premium currency um, i was checking the chat room and someone said wts want to sell uh nick's prime uh something platinum <coughs> um and you know that they set their own prices and you could message and haggle if you wanted hmm. um I, I just wanted nick's prime quickly to make my point about and plus i really like i said i love nick's now that's my main um so i didn't really haggle on the price or whatever um i'd plan them coming out my ass anyway so um i picked it up happy with it um players set their own prices uh, it's great it's like this is this is really good i love that you can get this stuff uh, either earn it in game or buy it outright and and get into this tr whole trading economy that's just between players and and it's different from the auction house because it's it's just so much more free and um, you can barter and really sort of uh, uh, interact with players and there's a, a real community aspect to it. Uh, and the gameplay doesn't feel compromised in order to fit around the trading. The trading looks like it was built to complement the gameplay, which was always the big problem with Diablo 3, is people were getting loot drops that were not... Uh, pertinent to their character whatsoever as an excuse to try and bottleneck them, railroad them into the auction house. The moment the auction house went out, Diablo 3 became a much better game. Here, uh, the game's already really good, and I'd never touched the trading, and then out of curiosity gave it a go, and I was like, this is fucking great. Nice. Uh, other things this week... I, I played I played a game that I don't know if either of I, I suspect neither of you will have played, but I've been really digging this week. Um, I've been playing Dragon Quest Builders on the Switch. Uh, not played it on the Switch, but I played it when it was first on PS4. Okay, so as far as I'm aware, it's the same game, just just portable. But like, here's yeah. here's my basic take on it right now. I I'm coming up to the end of it of this game's first chapter. It's basically Minecraft if Minecraft had a story structure in place yeah which no that's exactly what yeah. it is it's it's dragon quest minecraft it's dragon quest minecraft it's minecraft it's but here's great, a story I go thought. do things and here's npcs that you actually want to interact with i'm really digging it mm -hmm. uh, it's it's to, mine's the pun yeah. <laughs> oh. uh yeah so like playing through it i've i've put in a lot of hours so far i'm like i'm surprised at how much game there is here in that i've still not gotten through the first chapter and i've mm -hmm. put countless evenings into it um i yeah there's tons yeah today i i what, what have i done so far like there's been uh, attacks on my city so i've been building like cool spike filled trenches around my town oh yeah like um, the sieges on the towns are fun ah uh, the sieges on the towns are, they're fun once i worked out how to properly defend my town uh, f the first time <laughs> there was a siege and all of these like goblin creatures just like smashed through the wall and destroyed my kitchen i was like i built this town i love it no no <laughs> and then i got really serious about like let's build a good defensive trench and stuff but yeah, the whole thing with this game is it's it, there's all structural stuff like, okay, this person needs this thing in your town, so you build the thing in the town. Okay, here's a portal. It takes you to a different place. You have new resources. Go rescue someone over there. Oh, there's some artifacts in a in a pyramid. Go find those. Uh, it is doing a really good job of keeping me engaged and playing. That's a great little game, that one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would probably... Since I already have it on PS4, I would probably like wait until there's a discount before I yeah. go on Switch. But I'm, I'm gonna keep an eye on that. If I ever hear of a good discount on that it, on Switch, I will probably get yeah. it again. If you've never played it before, there is a huge amount of game for your money in this. Like oh, I yeah. keep being surprised at like oh 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 no 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 we're still in chapter one of I don't know how many chapters and I've already been to like four different worlds and played this for like. Probably a good 10-15 hours. Okay, yeah. Uh, I have recently stopped. I found a big dilapida dilapidated castle. And I've just been rebuilding this castle for a while. And that's been fun. <laughs> that There is no gameplay purpose to it. But I'm like, there's like 80% of a castle here. I'm going to fix this up. I'm going to have a castle. And that's the kind of thing that I never would do in Minecraft. Because there was just no context, but because there's a story in this, I'm like, oh, I'm actually kind of engaged with the world. Yeah, I'll take the time to build a castle. Yeah, I could never quite stay with Minecraft. I like it well enough. 
I think it's a good little game, I, I, but I never could stick with it. I just got bored too quick. I get the appeal of Minecraft, but oh, yeah. without the narrative hook, it just isn't for me. And apparently that's all yeah. it took was just, here is here is a plot about a world where people can't remember how to build things. It's basically the same plot as the Lego movie. Uh, like People can't remember how to build things. You're special. You can build things. Go build things. Uh it really is the plot of the Lego. It, it, ki- it, it kind of, it kind of is. It doesn't have the oh, let's pull back. It's people playing with Lego, but like the whole, you're the special one who knows. Oh, you don't know that. It might it be might at the be. end. I, it might I've, zoom out. Happened, Will Ferrell's there. If it hasn't there. zoomed out on Will Ferrell's there, it hasn't happened yet. It could, but um, yeah, it is basically the you're the special one that can build things story, but like. Will Ferrell's Dragon Quest I, I, would be a game I would play. I, the shit out of. So would I. Uh, I've I've been playing a bunch. I've been playing it a bunch of it with uh, with my partner Jane this week, and uh, mm-hmm. she she the other night like found a villager for her town that was like just a Dragon Quest slime that that t- that talked in slime puns. I'm like, oh, yes, move into my town, slime pun based slime creature. Be my friend. I, there's room for everyone in my town. I shall build all the things. Nice. Yeah. Tell Jane I said hi, by the way, and really emphasize the word hi in like a, a really suggestive way, please. Oh, we'll, we'll do, we'll do. But uh... <laughs> do, it, do it like the hi that the Joker says when he goes to visit Harvey. Hi. Hi. Yeah, do it exactly like that. She'll know what I mean. <laughs> hi. Uh... She'll pick up the cues from that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I'm really digging that. I, I didn't like... Minecraft is the thing I always wanted to get into and it just wasn't great. It never grabbed me because of the lack of plot and having a story, like a front and center story mode was enough to be like, yeah, yeah, I'll do building blocks, crafting mechanics. Yeah. Uh, Gavin, you've mainly been playing more Shadow of the Colossus. <coughs> yeah. How, how are you progressing with that? Um, Done with this. Those Colossi and... still giving you trouble? Mm, no, the, 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 the horse is the hardest boss in the game. But uh, <laughs> fucking aggro. He's appropriately named. Um, but <laughs> actually, no. They're they're. You know what? It's it's a beautiful game. A flawed flawed gem. And the again, the ending is so good that it makes the journey worth it. But uh, fuck that sand colossus. The one where it chases you through the sand, yeah. and you have to ride on the horse and aim behind you. And shoot it in the eye when you can't see what's coming in front of you. (laughs) God, that one sucks. Oh, if you love horses, right? If you you want to really ride a good horse, um, pick up a game called Dynasty Warriors 9. Um, That makes horse riding a treat, especially if you put on auto run and let the horse do its own thing. Mm. Um, If only just to see how Tecmo Koei thinks horses behave. We, I was actually talking about this on Twitter with people yesterday, uh, trying to think of games that actually had decent horses, and the only two I could really think of was Metal Gear Solid Five and Assassin's Creed Origins. The, the secret, the secret with horses in games, is the more realistic you make your horse, the less enjoyable it is to to play we, with. We don't yeah, want exactly. realistic horses. We want basically galloping motorbikes. You want fun horses. You don't want. Yeah, we, we kind of... It's the same problem with helicopters. It's yeah. like, just make the helicopter behave like a player character. Mm-hmm. Like, just let me move it like I would a player character. That, that's why the um, vehicle sections and horse sections and whatever in Call of Duty are always fun because they control almost identical to the the first person. Uh, yeah, they tend control. to do it all right, yeah. yeah. That we we can give it that credit. Mm-hmm. Um, they do do uh, vehicles not too badly because they they as you as you say they kind of subscribe to that formula. Yeah, um, yeah. Like even in The Witcher Three, Roach. Roach I just want to fucking. Oh god. I want to slap it across its long horse face. <laughs> sometimes. Did you play uh, Blood and Wine? Never got round to it. There's I, a quest. I, I did. There's, there, I know I keep meaning to. There's a quest in that expansion that addresses all the problems with Roach in the most funny way imaginable, and, and it's well worth playing. They turn it into glow, and you can use that as a crafting component. Not quite, but... Uh, Gera- Speaking of addressing, yeah. um, a lot of people are still like, you know, 
bringing up The Witcher 3 as positive examples of how to do a game right. Um, I've stopped doing that until uh, CDPR gives a satisfactory response to the allegations about the treatment of its workers. Um, I just want to put that out there. Like once, once that gets addressed in a satisfactory manner, I'll feel more comfortable using The Witcher Three as posi- as a positive example again. Until then, I'm not comfortable um, like using that to say, "See, this is how a game should be made." That, not to bring no, the mood. No, down. that is that is a very understandable, uh, very understandable reasoning. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I I know a lot of those devs personally, I, and I'm. Uh, comfortable using the game as an example. I mean, that's fine, that's fine. It's just CDPR have been sort of really not giving out good responses about it and sort of kind of brushing it aside. And I, until I see some actual... I so much you know more than that. I don't know I'm enough about. I don't know enough about either side of this equation, so I'm gonna be central on the fence. Uh, yeah. So all 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 I know is that um, the devs I know who worked on it are super proud of it. Put it that way. That's fair. Um, well, that's cool. Like yeah. I said, like if I don't, pr- if I don't, there is I don't fine. pry any further. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that's gotcha, fair. Gotcha. I mean, I would love to to hear that the allegations are you know toothless and stuff but if they're not that's got to be taken serious i mean you know the allegations have to be taken seriously regardless to find out whether they do or do not have teeth but like i say right now i'm kind of looking towards other examples of games it's why i'm not bringing up the witcher 3 so much it's just i'm not currently all that comfortable with it that's fair uh other things we had this week we got the news this week that more than half of Activision Blizzard's income in, in 2017 was microtransactions. Mm-hmm. Half of half of their income, like, more, more than half of the money they made was little tiny, oh, they don't really cost anything, little microbuys. This week has sort of cemented for me that... Live services. Yes. Uh, these games that are making their money off microtransactions are the new Guitar Hero, the new MMO, the new Call of Duty followers. Um, they're all chasing a bubble, and I'm really, really curious as to how long this is going to sustain itself. Because Ubisoft also did a presentation mm. on Monday. Funnily enough, another one of my uh, uncanny sort of predictions, uh, in the Jimquisition on Monday morning, I said you can expect uh, publishers to start busting out the term live services a lot more this year. It's like the buzz term de rigueur. And that afternoon, their new stories start coming up, Ubisoft praising the hell out of live services and talking about how much money it's making them. And like every publisher now wants a game similar to Warframe Mm. or, you know, to a lesser extent, Destiny, a game that you are logging into every day and just playing, and that's a lifetime thing. They want to release less games so they're not reliant on sales and release, um, you know, these... Not, I mean, hell, Ubisoft called games a thing of the past in one of their slides. It's in the past column, whereas the present column is live services. The problem with that is, is... If you, if every major game publisher starts telling its users to devote their whole hobby time to their one game, that's gonna run out really quickly as yeah, well and, you can mine. And they, time's finite. They should be looking at Destiny Two of an ex- as an example of how that investment can backfire on the the publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even you, even with the resources Destiny 2 had, you can't they can't just hold re- on to their player yeah. base. You can't just rely on a known name and a gamer's service and that will automatically bring in the bucks and be long-term yeah. successful. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing like this this stuff now. Clearly it's making the money right now. I mean, we knew that. I say microtransactions are not going away anytime soon. It is making them far too much money. Um, but the more and more they want to push for these games where, oh, you got to log in every day for the login bonus, you got to keep playing. Um, people don't have that time, just like people don't have $120 to hand when two big-name games come out on the same day. Yeah. I just can't unless, see this sustaining itself. Unless that game is your hobby as opposed to gaming being your hobby. Yeah. You're yeah, I mean, that's it. The they time. want... These publishers want... 
their they don't want games to be a hobby now they want their game to be a hobby and the problem Man, with fucking, that is uh, divinity 2's been my hobby for the last month that game is so long <laughs> i still have i still haven't even got to the last of the three areas and every developer at this point wants their game to be world of warcraft they want it to be the mm. game that you play like you're not or a gamer you're Overwatch. a person who plays yeah exactly and it's like, didn't they learn from the last time they all wanted their games to be World of Warcraft? <laughs> like I said yesterday in a video, the battlefield is littered with the bodies of dead MMOs. Yeah. It's, we're going to see the same thing happen with live services yeah. at some point. Because you can't make... If, if you start telling everyone to make your one game their hobby... How long is that going to last realistically? Mm. How many people are you going to net? per publisher like it's like warframe like if you're going to offer me another game like warframe why the fuck would i pick it up i've got warframe but as as good as warframe is i i could never make that one game my uh hobby <laughs> you know it's yeah, like, yeah. There's, well, it's there, like it's sort of... when there's so much other stuff out there why would anyone want to uh i think they're overestimating how many people get super obsessed with just one game I mean, that might be part of it. Um, I mean, for me, I tend to be pretty obsessed for a while um, and then maybe move on. But even then, even if there are a lot of players like me, while you're currently obsessed with one game, you're not going to pick up another obsession till you're done. Have, actually, uh, have, have you two... Sorry, I keep interrupting, but uh, I, I'm curious. We've never talked about this. Have you two any idea what is your most hours you've ever put into a game? Maybe Dynasty Warriors 3. Yeah. I think I would probably be pretty confident in saying Dynasty Warriors 3. I'm Me, sure there is a really good example, uh, like, really good answer for that, and I can't think what it is off the top of my head. Sorry. Yeah, well, I, I know for sure for me it's either Fallout 3 or Skyrim, and I would estimate about like maybe between four to 600 hours in each of those. <laughs> like, that's oh. crazy when you actually think about it. Honestly. Yeah, it might soon be Pokemon Go. Oh yeah. Honestly, I mean, considering considering that, how yeah. long I've stuck with that and how like routinely I've been playing it, it might be that. Hmm. I could find that very understandable. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, at the moment, Warframe is my sort of hobby game, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I look. I'm certainly not looking at EA and Activision. I'm looking at, you know, indies and certain publishers that don't aren't part of what I call AAA culture mm -hmm. um, for my more story-driven, uh, you know, games where I'm having fun. I don't want a game that's a job that is far too close to 15 million merits to me. I don't want to feel like it's my duty to log into a game every day. Um, that was, where that... the idea is to work in order to make money for the publisher. Yeah, that's that's a funny that you mentioned that. That is how I felt with Destiny a lot. Like, you 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 felt, oh, I have to log in tomorrow. I've never yeah. felt that with a game before. I've always just put on a game because I fucking want to play it. It's never been like, if I don't go on tomorrow, I'm going to miss this thing or that thing. Or it's an odd one. That's how yeah. they're, they're they're trying to hook you, and I think a lot more games are going to try it. And as a result. Um, I've lost interest in pretty much anything EA's putting out and anything's Activision putting out outside of morbid curiosity and the fact that, you know, my job is to give impressions of games, well, part of my job, and to sort of stay abreast of, of what games are doing uh, with their economies and whatnot. But right now, my approach to EA and Activision games is to play them for as long as I need to to get, you know, see what they're playing at and then tell people about it. And beyond that, I couldn't give a rat's fuck about Anthem. I couldn't give a rat's fuck about the next Call of Duty. I couldn't give a rat's fuck about whatever it is Ubisoft or Warner Brothers want to do next. They have completely turned me off with their game designs that are almost indistinguishable these days from certain mobile games. I mean, there is a screenshot of the, uh, the virtual currency buying screen from NBA 2K18. Uh, and I could show that to anyone and, and tell them that that's from an iPhone game and they could easily believe it. Hmm. It looks exactly like a virtual currency purchase screen. From The same with that crystal screen from Star Wars Battlefront 2 before obviously they took it out. Um, 
this live service thing, I, 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 I'm seeing another first-person shooter deluge. Uh, and that didn't go well. Um, there, there's a, uh, an article I often cite from uh, the developer of Time Splitters, who was just talking about why, when Call of Duty um, was sort of at its peak and tons of games were making first-person shooters, the Time Splitters dev was like, they don't sell. First-person shooter games don't sell. And the reason for that is, is because, as I've said for years, market leaders lead. They don't follow. That's why they're called market leaders, mate. That was me winking. Um, <laughs> Very nice audible they lead. there. <laughs> they come up with a new idea. It's the same, you know, it's, it's that perfect pasta sauce analogy all over again. Um, don't copy the successful pasta maker come up with a type of sorry, pasta sauce maker, come up with a type of pasta sauce people haven't had before. And that's how chunky pasta sauce became really popular because no one had thought to do it. They were too busy just trying to copy the already successful pasta sauce. Um, we saw this with FPSs. We saw this with MMOs. We saw this with music games. Uh, I'm pretty damn uh, sure you saw this with, we're going to see this with you live saw services. saw this with games music. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was like two or three of us doing it at the start and now there's hundreds they see it with YouTubers. Like, I got in on the YouTube train, like, just before it became so saturated. And I don't think I'm ever going to be a major success on it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be, like, comfortably successful on it. Um, because I got in, like, just as the doors were closing. <laughs> uh, and the elevator was just about to, to take off. Um, but, you know, I got in too late. Uh, and, and, you know, that's true of any market. The saturation eventually just becomes too much and the whole thing collapses. Uh, I hope they enjoy their money while they make it, and I hope one day they think about the human cost of some of these really manipulative, nasty, insidious, uh, predatory tactics they're using to get some of that money. Um, certainly the next time EA has an investor call, I would love people to think about the uh, kid who scammed his grandfather out of uh, a whole bunch of money in order to buy FIFA packs. Uh, I would love people to think about the person whose uh, marriage was fucked over because he became addicted to FIFA uh, microtransactions. Uh, and certainly people can play the uh, the caveat mTOR card, um, or whichever caveat it is, uh, you know, buyer beware. Mm. You can blame them if you want, but we are living in a world right now where Activision is quite literally, no hyperbole, quite literally, because we've all seen it by now, quite literally, I'll say it again, quite literally, patenting methods of tricking you into buying more yeah. games uh, uh more microtransactions sorry so, um one one yeah. thing i do want to bring up quickly on this topic that was a news thing that happened this week uh a while ago we talked about the fact that hawaii was making talks about like what mm. do we do about microtransactions uh there is a thing that they've done this week uh that they're trying to do is they are attempting to push through legislation to make it so that any game with loot boxes in it becomes a 21 rating as a default, no matter what the rest of the content in the game is, you can't buy it if you're under 21, if it's got loot boxes. And the reason they're mm -hmm. making this argument is they're not saying it is gambling. What they're saying is it is very clear and we have evidence that they are using the same psychological manipulation tricks as gambling in order to get people to put money on the line in exchange for a random chance at a at a reward yeah. that they may or may not want. This is That's what yeah, I was saying should have it, been. It done. is manipulative using the same tactics and presenting the same potential risks as gambling and as such, we're gonna age it but it's not a perfect solution, but it is them putting an age gate on that and saying, look, if you're not twenty we shouldn't be pushing these on people who are like still twelve, thirteen, fourteen, because those people are going to be more susceptible just by age yeah. to these kinds of manipulation that convince people to addictively spend money they don't have. Mm -hmm. When I was a lot younger and had just started in games media, uh, you know, I, I fought against games being regulated in any fashion. You know, I hated Jack Thompson. Um, I still do think he's a complete fucking idiot. Um, especially because, you know, his, his shit was just off fucking base. And I realise that maybe to some younger listeners, if we have any, uh, maybe I'm now sounding like the, 
you know, the thing I railed against as a kid now that I'm grown up, uh, that I've become the thing I hate. Um, but honestly, whether it's through regulation or not, there's, like, as I've gotten older and as I've become less and less uh, starry-eyed about how the game industry works, I mean, for me, it was when the ESA backed Sopa and Pippa, when the ESA uh, basically just turned its back on everyone playing games and back to legislation that would have restricted freedom on the internet and fucked us all over mm. and only dropped support when the bill had already been defeated. Mm. That star-screamy turncoat nature of the ESA, that was what finally like, made, like, like removed the last of the veils from my eyes in terms of what in terms of considering what the game industry is. And then I started looking more and more into it and started looking at how much regulation that applies to other media they skirt. Mm. Uh, how many, how much dues that get paid in other media the game industry avoids. You know, game, the games is, gaming is one of the few mediums where you don't pay royalties to voice actors. Mm. Um, to say nothing, of course, about the tax havens that they have out there, uh, some of the treatment of their workers um, that isn't regulated. Uh, you know, some people will fight against the idea of unionization in gaming. Uh, if you merely hint at it in America, you'll get called a fucking communist. But right now, the game industry is chuckling it up uh, with without any sort of leash. And people have been asking lately, especially with the slant, my... Uh, videos have taken if I'm a communist. I wouldn't say that. But what I would say is that rather than view corporations as people, as corporations legally like to be viewed, I view corporations as rabid animals that need to be caged. That's 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 a corporation. They are a hung they are hungry fucking wolves and they should be behind some bars. Uh, that that they need to be brought to heel. And, and things like this, where they've basically copied everything gambling does, but because law hasn't caught up to tech, they've gotten away with plying it to everyone who plays their games. Fuck off. They can fuck off. And they did it to themselves because I warned them of this. I w and ag again, um, you know, one of the, the things I said that was coming, because I can see trends coming when they're coming, I said that they are going to push this until something happens and politicians get involved. And it'll be their own fucking fault. And what happened? EA put... It happened quicker than I thought it would happen, which is hmm. usually the only time the industry surprises me, is how quick things I say happen, happen. Because these corporations can't fucking help themselves. But EA was the one that did it. Pushed it, made international headlines with Battlefront 2. And then politicians got interested, just like I said. So if they come crying to us about regulations, um, if anyone comes crying to me about how regulations are bad, I'm just going to shrug and say they brought it on themselves. The, the, the only thing I'll very quickly add to this is, as someone that knows they have a legitimate issue with compulsions to do with randomized uh collect set collections uh i've never opened a loot box in overwatch even the free ones they offer i know that like they would be a problem for me because i mm -hmm. know that i find all of the sort of like gambling tricks they employ would really claw into me and like if it i i get not wanting legislation to mess with video games, but what you've got here is companies making use of gambling mechanics in order to try and get money out of people that they don't realise they're spending as much as they are. Like, that is the core of this. Whether it's gambling or not, yeah. by definition, you are getting people to spend more money than they realise, and relying on obsessive spending as a crux for that, and I'm not going to say we need to ban it. I'm not going to say that loot boxes need to be banned or that they need to be age-gated ridiculously beyond, like, beyond... I, I think they should be age-gated at 18 because the same as gambling. I think that they should be behind a, a well, certain that's it. Yeah, thing. Yeah, you use gambling yeah. tactics. You should be subject to similar laws. I, I personally laws. think they should be regulated in, yeah. in some well, way. The, the main I mean, thing maybe I was... I'm a fucking yeah. disgusting socialist no, no, whatever, I... but... 
yeah i the the one other thing i would say like that i think needs to happen and we already see this this already happens in china um and it's where most of the time when we know drop rates for games um for their loot boxes it's because in china games companies are required to disclose their 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 rates yeah. uh, for loot boxes that's one thing i would push for is i think that we need to yeah. not only do you need to force and, companies and to go like to be... here is the rates of drops for this item but put that in real terms tell the person like it needs to be this written. is how m- much on average you're likely to spend on loot boxes before you get this item put that information and that rule needs center. to be written in a way yeah where they can't get out of it by adding an extra step they, like they, they did with they, uh, Overwatch yeah. in They China. can't say, you're not using your money to gamble, you're buying a virtual currency than using a virtual currency in-game yeah. to gamble. Like, we need to... This is, again, yeah. where law needs yeah. to catch up to if, technology. If there is money entering that system and then something that you have spent money on down the line enters a random system where the whole purpose is pump more money into this system so that you can ultimately get more random chances at this, then you need to say this is the chance of you actually getting the thing. Mouthpieces can plead poverty on behalf of EA and Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard all they fucking want. But the fact of the matter is, with the amount of regulation and dues paying in other industries that they've avoided... They are having a fucking laugh at your quite literal expense Mm. and they should be brought to heel. And I don't care if it's done via politicians or if another ESRB style um, ratings board needs to come into play. I don't care how it's done. All I care about now is for loot boxes to be as uncomfortable for these fucking companies as possible because they're predatory, because they're slimy, because they were warned that this would happen, and they they only cared about the short-term monetary gains but, and didn't think about the long-term, so but, fuck them. No but, There are games that I legitimately do not play because I know that loot boxes are front and centre and forced on you in them, and I know that the gambling mechanics they employ would be a problem for me. And, like, it yeah. sucks that I mean, I've got a pretty addictive... Yeah. I've got an addictive personality, but I've also got... Um, the Jimquisition, which sort of acts as my uh, uh, pillar of strength, I guess, because to buy into microtransactions would basically betray my entire fucking show. So I can play them, but I always feel the temptation. Mm. Um, and it was, a, you know, Destiny 2 is especially sly about that once you hit level 20 and your rewards are always loot boxes where you can only go to the microtransaction store to open them like i like and i felt the temptation every time i opened a bright engram from leveling up to get more i never did because again like i'm not going to betray my fucking show um but that's that's the reason i'm I, i resist it but you know I'm a man of many vices and I can be pretty hooked on things and I'm I feel these games pulling on me and pulling on me and I've often said that I'll accept some psychological manipulation as the price of entry if the game is free mm. to a degree but you're also paying up front for these games and for the season passes and for the digital deluxe editions, for the silver and gold editions, for the collector's editions, uh, for the DLC that's not included in the season the passes. Packs, the packs. All these avenues of... Pack. Yeah, the packs, Pack. the stickers. All these fucking avenues of revenue. Uh, the, they are... Fucking packs. They're a pox the You packs. know, they're, they're making limitless money from and they're crowing to their investors about how much they're making. And I'm sat here expected to believe... The line that, oh, these games have got to make money somehow. Fuck off. Is that a good place for us to wrap up? I feel like I feel like we've 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 got we a should, lot of stuff out today. We should have just ended the episode. podcast on fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll end it. Uh, it's tempting, uh, but we will end it with everybody shilling their work. Um, so, Laura. Uh, where can people find you on the uh, internet? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz, most places that have usernames, Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. Uh, you can find me on a couple of uh, other podcasts. You can find me on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Season 4 is currently ongoing. It's a standalone story. I play a Yu-Gi-Oh! wizard. 
the 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 episode that's coming up on Sunday is the most I have ever enjoyed a narrative thing I have worked on. I am really proud of it. So go listen to it. I'm I'm damn proud of this one. Um, other than that. You can find me on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which is a podcast where me and Jane Magnet uh, make silly skits and do silly voices and talk about our weeks. So go check that out Wonderful. as well. Awesome, awesome, and awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome just sounds like insulting. I'm sorry about that. Awesome, jawsome, like street sharks. There we go. Uh, and Kevin, how can people hear your lovely music? You can search Miracle of Sound on YouTube, Miracle of Sound on Twitter, and you can support me on Patreon if you want to help me pay the bills. And do go listen to my recent Near song because that's been getting lots of attention from both the developers and even from Yoko Taro himself, all of whom think it's great. So fucking go me. <laughs> I'm going to get a wonderful. tattoo of my, my own face on my chest. <laughs> Uh, great stuff. Um, yep, uh, I definitely recommend, obviously, all of these things. Um, Laura's work is fantastic. Gav's music is delightful. Um, you are probably familiar with my work if you've listened this far, so I don't need to hammer on too much about that. I will give you the date of my next wrestling show. Uh, if you are in the Jackson area or can get to it, we're back at the hideaway. Um, I may never go to the Byron, Mississippi show again. Not after that unscheduled fall on the flooded floor, oh, no. uh, which I'm still feeling the effects of. <laughs> I, that was my very first wrestling bump, uh, and it was a botch. And I, at least I could walk away and also hit JD Jenkins in the bollocks and crawl away. It and was run a away. very good punch to the bollocks. <laughs> Thank you. That's my very first, um, my very first low blow in <laughs> wrestling. Um, so I'm quite, I'm quite pleased it went over okay um but the next pro wrestling ego event is at the hideaway in jackson february 24th um first 10 days away um fuck <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell um it's 10 days away uh you'll get to see um ray fury will be there um I, i've bigged him up before ray fury excellent guy uh O'Shea, O'Shea edwards all damn day uh, huge fan of O'Shea Edwards. Uh, highly recommend him. What else we got on the card? Chuck McMullen's going to be there. JD Jenkins is going to be there. The guy who I uh, uh, gave, delivered the low blow to. Um, lots of talent. And of course, Stardust will be there with the latest phase of his scheme, which is going to go to some amazing places. So... If you can get to Jackson on the 24th, do so. Um, there will be many other opportunities. Uh if I don't really fuck it up, uh, there will be many other opportunities to see Stardust in action in the South uh, coming up throughout the year. And that'll be that. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. I'm still having a giggle at 69 being in the thing for Valentine's Day recording. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs>